Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Joy Sound, music you need to know. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. In this episode, we feature members of the 2020 graduating class from the music production program at the USC Thornton School of Music. Now in its fifth year, the music production program reflects the current and evolving job description of today's contemporary musician. During the show, we'll meet and hear music from three members of the class of 2020. Cyrus Elia, Mihir Shaw, and Elon Wortman. You can find their social media contact information on the Joy Sounds website. We'll also talk with professors Rick Schmunk, Sean Holt, and Michael Smitty Smith to get their perspective on the program. But let's start by meeting our first graduating senior, Cyrus Elia. Originally from a rural town in Northern California, Cyrus is an aspiring musician, producer, and artist. In addition to his music production degree, Cyrus also double majored in jazz studies as a bass player. How are you, Cyrus? I'm doing good, Chris. Great to talk to you, man. During your four years, you packed in a lot because you were a double major, a jazz studies double bass major, as well as a music production major. Tell us what went into that thought process. Why was it important for you to do both? I just felt it was natural. I played jazz and I produced music on the side and I really had a desire to do both. You know, I, I already produced a lot of music at home and was pretty comfortable doing that. And the USC uh, production program had like started the year before I got there. Right. And so I was like, all right, how do I get in? And all the jazz advisors were like, we don't know. It just started. And there's, <laughs> there's only seven people in the program and all these different things. Well, how about you just join this class, which turned out to be the sophomore class when I was a freshman, like their big production class with uh, with Smitty, I just kind of went and Smitty was new that year as well. So we were kind of both showed up the first day and said, we don't really know what's going on, but we're here. And he was excited <laughs> to have me there. And I didn't know what I was doing. And so they're like, sure, join the class. There's seven people. We need eight. You can do pairs. I love that. Um, you guys yeah. were just making it up as you went along. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Well, you, you, hey, man, I, I think the best musicians create their own opportunities. That sounds like what you did. Stumbling and bumbling, but making it happen. So describe some of your activities in the music production program. You know, I would be in, in Sean Holt's class and he would say, okay, you have to contact five songwriters yesterday and get this demos in by, you know, as soon as possible so you can work on these and bring them in. So for me, reaching out to people and like requesting collaborations is very scary and very like strange and weird. Mm. I'm used to just working by myself and or showing up and playing. So it's like weirdly personal and like intrusive to yeah. say, hey, can I have some of your songs to, uh, <laughs> or do you want to write a song for me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. To make. Those so, are big, those are big asks. If you're sort of not that type of personality, you know, if or if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually I was reaching out to people I didn't know necessarily or have that relationship with. That sounds, sounds like in a healthy way, uh, taking you out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. For me, I, c I can't help but think I got lucky to find one collaboration out of, you know, 10, 15 that, was right. like, oh, okay, this really works. Tell me about this track that you want to share with us today that demonstrates your production work. Sure. Yeah, this is a track I did with a collaboration that started at USC. And it's friend formerly known as, and I think that's important as of a couple of days ago, formerly known as Brant Orange and now known as May, which was a big decision, especially for him and for, we've talked about it for a while. So it's like a departure from the ideas of building a personality for yourself 
and instead choosing to be more true to yourself and you know taking on your own name and may is his his chinese name uh had a lot of nicknames um, people always calling me by you know whatever names that they thought were great and i enjoyed it but when i was going to release music i had to be like okay do i want to make up a name for myself or do i like what should i do and deciding to use my own name even though it's like confusing sometimes to like pronounce and i am currently going through a struggle of with identity and figuring out what does na- my name mean you know how should i pronounce it seeing brant orange matt my friend go through that same journey is really uh, exciting and encouraging for me and i feel like this song is a bit prophetic in that it sort of deals with identity and uncertainty and discovery of self and fear honestly a fear of someone seeing what you're trying to say this is me and saying well i don't see it that way for me in producing and in writing i look for one good idea and then if i can get one like really good idea then i the rest of the track writes itself so that was like a, a moment of i think we just got like a kick and a synth hit which is like the first thing you'll hear the in opening the, song. the opening of the song mm-hmm. opening of the song and that kind of just wrote the whole tune all right so let's check this track out this is Cyrus Elia producing the track used to on joy sounds
And that was used to, produced by Cyrus Elia. Great stuff, man. I love that big rock sound. I don't get to hear that enough these days. And it, it really kicked in. Yeah, I it was just kind of following an idea. Had the song and it got big. And we just kept adding things to it and guitars and synths. And it wasn't big enough and added some explosion sounds. And just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I love that. Until it was big <laughs> enough, you know? <laughs> That's right. Well, congratulations on your graduation. Do you have anybody who you would like to give a shout out to and thank who maybe were instrumental in supporting you over these four years? Oh, man. Yeah. Especially now, it feels like the people like around me, my family members, it's been so apparent how uh, willing they are to let me make music. And I, I'm set up in the living room with all the musical instruments around me and microphones that it's so like enabling to follow uh, my own creativity. And all my professors and people who challenged me to you know, do things I'm uncomfortable with and grow and uh, struggle because I'm finding those things are what I'm most comfortable with now. Keep challenging yourself, okay? I'm gonna do it, I promise. Once again, from the music production class of 2020, that was Cyrus Elia. The next member of the graduating class we'll feature is Mahir Shah. Originally from Bombay, India, Mahir, under the artist name Sonic, produces a unique blend of EDM that juxtaposes face-melting wubs with alt-rock songwriting. Welcome to Joy Sounds, Mahir. How are you doing? I'm good, Chris. How's it going? Excellent, man. Great to catch up with you. You are originally from Bombay, India, so that transition had to be huge for you. It's definitely something that I had intended to do for a while before it actually happened. So in my head, you know, it wasn't out of the blue. I'd known for a while that LA is definitely where I wanted to go after high school to pursue music. I'm very glad that worked out. In a lot of ways, LA is actually very similar to Bombay. Is that right? Yeah, primarily because, you know, both cities are capital of the entertainment hub for both countries. It's just a very, very artsy city. You know, you have like the artsy side of things. You have the film studios. You have the whole music capital. It's literally a melting pot of all sorts of different cultures, the same way that LA is. And your artist name is Sonic, so that yep. people can locate it, but it's spelled and sort of formatted really interesting. It's pronounced Sonic, but it's got this kind of flair to it. We're going we're gonna to put how it appears on our website so people can find you. Yeah. But I'm curious, was there a process in how you came up with this artist name, Sonic? Growing up, one of the first electronic music artist that at least in my mind was very very big and you know for those around me too was dead mouse and the cool thing i liked about dead mouse was that once you got over the horrible mistake of saying dead mouse fight right. you would never ever ever forget that name whether you liked his music whether you hated his music whether you didn't listen to his music you would not forget that name. And that's kind of the idea behind what drives me. The, the reason that I make music is that this is what I want to be remembered by. There's also the benefit of, you know, when you open Spotify or Apple Music and you try to pull up albums, I will always be somewhere at the top because my artist name starts with a five and Savvy, it's above man. the letters. Savvy. So that's kind of cool. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. So Sonic starts with the number five. So that, yeah. But that's only one of the characters that you yep. use to sort of craft this this symbol slash name. So like I said, I'll put it on our website so people can see it and find you. And now that they've heard this podcast, they're going to be in the know and know that <laughs> you go by Sonic. So they're going to they're going to have a head start on this. But you said that there's some materials out there for people to find on Spotify and Apple Music. What do you have out there? So I dropped my debut LP. I guess you could call it an album. I'm just a little picky about calling it 
an LP. It's called Electric. I was actually very lucky to have people that supported it from the get-go because, dude, to be quite honest, I still don't understand how a lot of people understood it. I did not expect it to be understood. But not only was it understood, it was award-winning. So you recently received some recognition for this work. What did you get? That was very cool. So I woke up on my birthday, April 9th, with an email in my inbox saying that I'd been nominated for two IMAs, the Independent Music Awards, one for Best Producer for DLP, Electric, and one for Best Dance Slash Electronic Album. I didn't get the award for the album, but I did get the award for Best Producer, which I think is in a way fitting because I'm a production major, not a songwriting major. Yeah. It's a good fitting way to end my undergraduate career. Congratulations. Um, that's, that's a huge accomplishment. That had to be validating. Yeah. I'm objectively confident enough that, you know, I've been able to get things to sound the way that I guess people would like them to sound or the way that I would like them to sound. But at the same time, just the whole concept of this project specifically, right? I mean, people are either going to hate it or they probably have no idea what they listen to. And luckily it, you know, turned out. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Your sound seems to be a real interesting fusion of influences and styles. And what are you pulling together to create this sound that you call Sonic? Number one, it's electronic music. I've definitely struggled with the danceability of electronic music as a concept. In some ways, even within the same project, I think I keep flirting back and forth with the idea of making EM versus EDM, as you you know can clearly tell from some of the songs on it. There's definitely a lot of alt-rock and just old-school rock and roll influences when it comes to me and my music in general, because that's what I grew up listening to. So a lot of Kurt Cobain, Iron Maiden, U2. I don't know how much of this you can directly listen to, but at least when it comes to the lyrics and the songwriting, very, very much in there. Obviously, when it comes to electronic music, um, most of the influences are relatively contemporary. Zed's a huge one. In fact, I used to be a metalhead until I heard this song called Spectrum by Zed. I was, you know, in a rock and roll band and I just did not understand electronic music for the life of me. I, I didn't. People had played me some stuff before and I was like, what? I don't understand this song. And then I, I don't know whether it's because like Zed came from a similar, you know, musical background of being in a rock and roll band, being a metalhead or what, but the arrangement, the songs, the sounds, the idea... That spoke to me. And from that moment, I was hooked. So Zed's a big one. Madian, who is this French DJ producer, is definitely a huge, huge, huge inspiration. Potter Robinson is up there too. Let's talk about the track you're going to share with us today is mm -hmm. the one you won Best Producer for from the Independent Music Awards. It's called Bleeding. So tell us about this a little bit. So Bleeding is on the album that I won the award for, obviously, as you said. It's song number one on the LP, which allowed me to treat the arrangement a little more freeform than I would a normal pop song or anything else on the rest of the LP because this was a song that would, you know, set the tone for the rest of the record. Obviously, once the song kicks in, which is about a minute and a half into it, it's got the standard, you know, verse, chorus. But the part before that was where I could get really interesting and, you know, pretty much just do whatever I wanted, sort of set the tones for the rest of the thing. It's definitely... Very, very fitting to my bio, which is alt-rock songwriting and face-melting wubs, for lack of better words, because wubs are fun. So I wrote the song with another USC student. Her name's Gwen Howard. She's probably one of the nicest people that I've ever met. My favorite collaborator, to be quite honest. We work very, very quickly back and forth. So 
that was a very, very seamless process. That's great. Nice shout out to Gwen. The lyrics were, dude, Gwen just nailed it. Honestly, I don't even want to sit here and talk about what I did with the lyrics because she probably just did 99% of the work on that. And obviously definitely had a say with like the themes and the larger picture because I was trying to make it fit in. The whole song actually started with the weird intro section. And then it got built up into a complete song. But that's what it started with. The idea just started with this weird atmosphere that you hear at the start. This is Sonic otherwise known as Mahir Shah, with bleeding on joy sounds. So 
was Bleeding, written and produced by Sonic, otherwise known as Mahir Shaw. Do you have anybody that you want to thank or acknowledge who have supported you along the way? So ever since I came in as a freshman, one of my biggest mentors has been Smitty, Michael Dennis Smith. We all call him Smitty. Whether it's, you know, words of advice, actual encouragement, or linking me up with people to work with, he's always, always been there. He's actually believed in, you know, my vision and what I wanted to do. Rick has obviously been another huge, huge mentor. Rick Schmunk is the head of the production program. He's the reason, I guess I'm at USC. That is um, correct. Because without him, there wouldn't be a program. <laughs> and uh, Chris, honestly, if it hadn't been for you, I would have not given a rat's arse about songwriting. Hey. Because when I, when I came in, the idea was always to be, you know, an electronic music producer. And my way of working was primarily just make tracks, make the drop slap, send it over, someone with top line and blah, blah, blah. And all of that changed my first semester of college when I came and did songwriting one with you. Really great catching up with you, Mihir. And like I said, we expect you so nothing much. but yeah. big things from you in the future, man. Thanks a lot. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. Now let's get some insights from some of the faculty in the music production program. This is Rick Schmunk, chair of the program, and faculty members Michael Smitty-Smith and Sean Holt. Welcome to Joy Sounds, guys. Thanks, Chris. Hey, great great to be here. Chris. This is only the second graduating class from the music production program. It's a relatively new program. Rick, what was the initial vision of the program? Tell us a little bit about it. It's interesting in that when students used to want to do technology-related classes, we used to ask them whether they wanted to record other people. Because it was a sure sign that if they said, no, I want to do my own music, that that was the wrong student for what we were doing at that time. Back when it was more of an engineering degree. We were more engineering related. And then it got to the point where nobody was saying I wanted to record other people. As you and I started to have discussions about a program going forward, I was like, we got to think of something completely different. You know, talking with friends that were out in the business and stuff, it was like the only people that are making any money are people that have a hand in the creation of the song and are also doing the arranging and the production and the mixing and editing and the whole ball of wax. And so as we started to try and uh, build out a program, our focus on music creation and all of the angles that a young person coming out of a program like ours, that they could either produce the project or they could record the project or mix the project or edit it or tune the vocals. But most importantly, that they could somehow get in on the songwriting and the creation of that project as well. And with the production program celebrating its fifth year anniversary. The popular music program at USC Thornton is also celebrating a landmark year in its 10th anniversary, and it really seems like the music production program was a natural outgrowth of the pop program. It was it was that was the area of evolution that the popular music program had to go. And Sean Holt has the music production program picked up where the popular music program left off. Uh, absolutely. I think music production at its core is basically an honest kind of outcropping of great songs anyway, right? So the, the most successful producers that we know of is a translator, essentially. We want our students collaborating, like Rick mentioned at the beginning, really understanding what the, the industry standards are and where the bars are as far as a production value and being able to tell the truth about a creation and, and, and an artist if it's not themselves and all, quite often it is. The wonderful thing that we've all experienced in the last few years is just how inseparable our production cohort is from the popular music cohort. The young singer-songwriters that haven't had 
as much experience behind the DAW, quickly gain immense uh, information, just an unbelievable education in, in a peer learning setting. The reciprocal of that is, is our producers get to be in a room with maybe a 19 or 20 year old that's already written over 100 songs. And so these kids are learning as much from each other as they are their professors and, and the quality of those really strong chords and that it all centers around a music first kind of ethos is uh, is really something fun to watch. Smitty, how do we make those connections between our academic studies and this professional experience that they're going to have? Well, one thing um, I have access to, and a lot of us do, I have access to some of the casting lists and production briefs from a lot of companies from Sony, Warner Chapel, Extreme, from the licensing side to the album pitch side, and just publisher friends from having a couple of publishing deals over the, over the years. One thing that I've seen is that youth is such a commodity in this market. And to these people are really looking for new talent all the time, whether they're a student or not, they don't care. If it's a great songwriter, produced well, and it makes sense, they're going to want to know who it is and can they get them on other projects. So that's kind of the biggest thing that I feel that we're bringing from that side of this is just giving them opportunities to compete in the market in LA and around the world while they're students here. And some of them have competed very well. We've actually had some of our students break through and get a few placements and their first taste of professional experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've had students get multiple licensing opportunities and won those. We've had a pretty successful at DreamWorks for some show work there. And recently the Asian market, which has been really great. We've had a couple graduates and one undergrad who's got some stuff happening in China and in Japan. Now that we're at the five-year mark of the program, where do you see this headed? Where, where do you want to take it next? You know, one of the things that Sean often tells me is that the thing that we're particularly good at is always reanalyzing what we're doing, never taking it into, you know, our thought process that we've arrived. And instead, we're always tinkering and talking about what the students need on an individual level or on a collective level and massaging it. And, and that's one of the gifts that I have with this collection of Sean and, and Smitty and Brian Maloof and the other people around the program is that it, it's such a partnership, it, you know, it's a tight friendship and a partnership that I think is aiding the growth of this program. So, you know, we're hoping that, that we do this discussion with you in a year and we have the next tale to tell about some of the changes that, we, that we've been able to make and, and how they're starting to play out. Sean? One of my great sources of pride from the popular music program is our gender parity. The fact that we have a lot of very successful females in our pop program and they are out there taking the world by storm currently. I would love to tell your listeners that we want to create that same experience and we are really, really serious about creating that kind of parody in the music production program as well as we move forward. So to all the the young females that are out there wondering whether or not there's a spot for you, USC is the spot. and. We are interested in, in uh, creating the next, the very next Linda Perry's in the world and the, and the folks that are out there that come to understand that. And the female perspective around all of this is, is, is so missing. It's not prevalent in our industry and we want to change that much the way we're changing it in the popular music program. Yeah. And to that point, so many young female producers or, or writers don't realize that they're producing. They're producing, but maybe giving that credit to a collaborator. You're producing. If you're cutting your vocals, producing your vocal track, co-writing the session, building the track, you are producing. It's okay to be the producer. Like, own it. You're doing it. There are so many young girls that I've seen come through this program already on the on the writing side that are producing, and they just step back when someone else comes in to collaborate. 
and maybe finishes the mix for him. And it's like, no, get that confidence and do it. This is, it, it, you're already doing it. You just need to put on the line that you're the producer, you know? What do you want to say about this year's graduating 2020 class? What makes them stand out? Yeah, I've had a great experience. It's interesting. And one in particular, Mahir Shah, I was lucky enough to have him as a freshman, which normally I don't have a private instruction with, with freshmen, but because of just the way things worked out and he needed a piano teacher, we were able to do some piano and some production. You know, he came in with, with an awful lot of talent, but he learned uh, direction and speed and and consequences for projects that were promised and weren't delivered on time. And some of these things that if you would have gone through some of these situations in the real world, it could have been pretty detrimental to his career, but we were able to help guide him through it and show him how to get stuff delivered and done in time. And and he's ended up, you know, I think just last week he won a, an IMA award for best electronic music producer. It's, it's a great for a project he's been working on for two years and we've been doing in private lessons. Sean, what do you think about this 2020 class? I'm really encouraged by their artistry. This particular crew, Charlie and Elon and Mahir and the guys that are in this crew all have a an artistic point of view. And they're very diverse. I mean, we've got guys that are very jazz influenced. We've got EDM guys. We've got hip hop guys, straight up R&B hip hop. That's been a fun experience to watch guys like Truce come through that has really expanded his tools, yet he's still very clear about what his next steps are regarding, uh, you know, the music that speaks to him. So I'm excited not only to watch them move out into the world as producers of record, but to see what happens with their artist careers. I feel like these producers, when they get to, when they're about to leave, are able to handle any situation. They could be in a room writing a song from scratch. They can be creating tracks and sending them to do remote work. They can be in a giant orchestral session and step in and run Pro Tools. They can talk to the arranger using the arranger's language. They can read a part. They can know the music. They can really climb in and continue to produce as the main producer in any role. I think that's a really, really important thing is that it's not just in the box, just a little bit of a touch and this and that, but they can go in and actually run a session in just about any scenario because they've had a taste of it through all these courses. My thanks to Rick Schmunk, Sean Holt, and Michael Smith, aka Smitty, for talking with us today on Joy Sounds. Thank you, guys. Be well. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Now let's get back and hear from another graduating senior from the music production program, Elon Wertman. Elon is a multifaceted producer, instrumentalist, and songwriter from the Los Angeles area. Elon has recently developed a very cool indie rock project that he heads up called Fringe Friend. Nice to have you on Joy Sounds, Elon. How is everything? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. Elon, in addition to you being a producer, I was personally familiar with you as a songwriter, as an artist, and you seem to successfully blend those roles, producer, artist, songwriter. They all seem to sort of be the same thing for you. Definitely. I mean, I I, I find that sometimes I get a little control freaky. And so I like the idea that if you're a songwriter, then you also produce your own track and you get to see it the whole way through. You know, it's delivering on an original intent. So producer lots of the times will find a track and try and match it with somebody. But if you're writing the song and then producing it yourself, you get to really actually fully express an idea and deliver the idea of a track out exactly the way that you would want it. So I find it extremely, when I don't get in my own head about it and get in my own way all the time, I find it very amazing to be able to bring something all the way out 
from zero to 100. So is this project a solo artist project? Is it part of a band? How would you describe it? So it's a part of a band. My original idea for what I called Fringe Friend was just going to be sort of reminiscent of Kevin Parker and Tame Impala, where Tame Impala is just one branch of that that he works in. But Fringe Friend became a band with two amazing collaborators, Jade Fink and Graham Littlejohn, who are both in Thornton. They're wonderful players and we have a great time together. You know, we got together sitting around talking about our favorite artists and the kind of stuff that we wanted to play. And when we sat in a rehearsal for the first time, I was like, oh, this is really, this sounds like what I've been hearing in my head for so long. And I could bring songs that I didn't see a wider production for that I just wrote and couldn't really piece together what it was supposed to sound like. And I could bring it into the band. And then within 20 minutes, I felt like I had a pretty good idea of what what the song was going to sound like. It's been really amazing. It was something I always wanted was to be a part of a band like that. It was really cool. That's exciting. That's exciting. That sounds like a breakthrough moment for you. Yeah, it was pretty great. I mean, we, we've had a little little bit of a hiccup, you know, re-COVID-19 about <laughs> what that looks like. And I'm not sure, you know, California is in talks of opening up soon, but I don't know if that looks like live shows. I don't know if that looks like, who knows what that looks like. Right. I actually find that surprisingly, I have been more inspired and have been working harder on my music since quarantine started. I'm blessed to say that. And it's really, it, it's amazing. I have, I've decided to, I started a YouTube channel where I release covers and originals. I want to do one a week for the next year just to put myself in the position, in the stature of an artist that releases music. And because, you know, I still I still have some work to do as an artist and always still working on yourself. One of my big things that I feel like is the thing that I want to be focusing on, at least for the next year and onward, is that it can be difficult to place in a genre. It's a little difficult to place me somewhere, which is sort of the opposite of what a producer should be saying. I have to make my brand very clear and then reach out specifically to communities that I think would benefit from hearing my music. But that's difficult. It's a hard it's a hard posture to adopt. It's not always very easy. Tell us a little bit about the track you want to share with us that demonstrates your work. So it's called Anymore, right? Yeah, the song is called Anymore. This is one of these songs that is really extremely personally important to me. I wrote it, this was in the, I actually wrote it last summer in the middle of a lot of indescript and difficult to process emotions that I was feeling. At the time, I was going through a bad breakup and I was dealing with not liking this summer job that I had. And I had a lot of these free floating thoughts that I could not really put words to. And one day I woke up with the moment of clarity and was able to write this song that I think is really important to me. It's exactly why I focus so much on songwriting. I actually wrote a song a week for all of 2019, which I am very excited about. It was huge. It was a gift because in a tough moment of my life, it was easy to not easy, but it was wonderful to be able to sit down and try and give myself the words for something and be able to take an abstract, clouded thought and be able to hold it in front of me and have it live in a song. It was pretty wonderful. This song to me is extremely important, just in the same way that this band is. And it's I'm really, really proud of it in the way it is. This is Elon Wortman and his band Fringe Friend performing Anymore on Joy Sounds.
best answers were with you, baby. But from White Oak to Reseda last summer, there wasn't a question on my mind. You had me open to cheese sticks and finger splints and rip sticks and knees up on the counter and laying on the floor. The set pieces from a memory that I don't have access to anymore. And I know I waited for an after, but if I'm honest, I'm not sure I ever really wanted. I'm not sure I ever really know what I want anymore. But in this moment, I tell you I wanted you, but not you now. Not anymore. I waited a few short years for my first job, and it should be. Everything I ever wanted The freeways are clear On my way home Cause it's three o'clock in the morning But somehow I'm lonelier than ever Cause when money's on the line No one at work is love The buttons don't do anything at all But we're still patching buttons To press them some more And I'm told I should grow some scales So life is soft under my feet Meaningless years go by And I'll turn all nocturnal And call rides And put everything else aside And I know I waited for all this But these days I'm not sure I really want it I'm not sure I ever really know What I want anymore But for a while I'd have told December still rattle and kick in the corners of my mind. I was sitting on bed frames and begging myself, saying one more thing goes wrong and I'll be splayed across the floor. Deeper shades of green and rosaries at my door. And I would dig my feet in at beaches shivering and find the hint of summer in me to keep me warm. I figured the later the sunset, the further the storm. But even in August, I'm wondering where I left it all and where the time go by. I'm not sure for the last few weeks or months I've felt 100% alive. And I know I waited for the sunshine, but these days I'm not sure it even really matters. I'm not sure I ever really know what I want anymore But in December I'd have told you I needed it big time But what's this now? 
And that was Anymore, performed and produced by Elon Wortman and his band Fringe Friend. Before I let you go, is there anybody that you would like to give a shout out at the occasion of your graduation and thank them for their support and being behind you on this journey? I was blessed to be a part of the music production class, the second class ever. So I am indebted to uh, Rick Schmunk, Professor Rick Schmunk, for accepting me and for taking such good care of me. All of my professors, I'm extremely grateful for you, for all of the insights that you taught me in pop forum classes. I'm extremely appreciative of Patrice Russian, who was an amazing inspiration for me as I went through freshman pop when I was a little older. And especially want to give a great, a big shout out to Sean Holt. I've taken three classes with him, took sophomore production with him, songwriting three and sophomore pop with him. He is an unbelievable professor, and I'm not sure if he knows the extent to which he's had an effect on my life and my music. And But I get the idea with Sean Holt that he inspires about four kids before breakfast every morning. So, Elon, man, it's been great to catch up with you. Congratulations on your graduation. And Thank you. Yeah, and we look forward to hearing a lot more from you in the future. Thanks, Elon. Great. Thanks so much for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode featuring members of the 2020 graduating class from the music production program at the USC Thornton School of Music. My thanks to graduating seniors Cyrus Elia, Mahir Shah, and Elon Wortman, as well as faculty members Rick Schmunk, Sean Holt, and Smitty for making today's episode possible. For more information about the USC Thornton production program, please visit www.usc.edu music. For more information about Joy Sounds, visit www.joysoundsmusic.com. This is Chris Sampson saying congratulations to all of the 2020 graduates. Thank you for listening and take care of yourself.